It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Lincoln Shrike. And on today's episode, you know, we warned you last week that this was basically going to turn into a CJ Albertson podcast. And we are fulfilling that promise today because we have the man himself, the indoor marathon world record holder, the 50K world record holder, the treadmill world record holder, CJ Albertson. Thank you for coming on. How are you doing? Good. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. It is our pleasure. I'm looking through your list of races. Obviously, you're very busy in November. I don't see anything crazy that you've done yet in December. I know you have a marathon coming up, but we're recording this on December 9th. Have you done anything crazy on a treadmill or outside uh, in the past few days that we should know about? Uh, no, not anything crazy. I think uh, just more more standard type runs, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, we're within two weeks of the marathon project now. So, uh, yeah, nothing uh, nothing too crazy right now, trying to save everything for that race uh, next Sunday. Tell me about your expectations for that race. Usually when we are evaluating someone's potential in the marathon, we look at, hey, they ran a half marathon and it went well a few weeks out or a couple months out, or, hey, they did a 10K tune-up. With you, we throw out the entire book because not many people are doing treadmill uh, marathons or 50Ks in the month before. What are your expectations for the marathon project in Arizona? Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. Um, I think even even for me, you know, this buildup has been a little bit different and, and odd. And and yeah, I mean, I've never I've never really ran on treadmills at all before uh, the past couple months. Um, so that's something totally new that has been added in, uh, just because I, I got a treadmill. Um, but yeah, and then obviously doing the 50 K, uh, I had done some 50 Ks in practice before, but never an actual event. Um, and yeah, I mean, normally you'd have some sort of a, a smaller race leading up to it, but there really wasn't a whole lot, uh, that I could get into. I mean, there was that half marathon in, in Michigan, but, um, that I was doing the 50 K either that weekend or the week before it was right around the same time. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a little bit unknown even for me. Um, I mean, I'm just, I mean, I feel fit obviously, and I've, I've done a lot of good aerobic work. Um, and you know, the marathon, 
it's not one of those. It's not like the 1500 where you have to be like super, super race sharp. So, you know, hopefully uh, the lack of racing won't, you know, won't be too much of a hindrance. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm feeling fit and ready to, to go race. Well, it seems to me you've done more than a lot of other people. So you may be ahead of the curve in, in that sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to wonder, wonder a very specific question. Do you, because you ran 209.58 on a marathon, do you call yourself a 209 marathoner now? <laughs> no, I mean, I have no idea what that treadmill effort was worth. Uh, and I mean, it, do it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so yeah, no, until I, until I run two, under 210 on a certified course um, in a certified race, then I won't be a, a sub 210 guy. <laughs> Hopefully in, in was about the 11 days, I will be. But as of right now, I'm definitely not. <laughs> well, describe the, the differences in recovery, like what it took to recover post the very difficult course at the trials and then running a marathon on a treadmill was it just a wholly different experience for the legs yeah i mean i i'm not usually i'm not totally wrecked after a marathon anyways uh you know like after the trials that was a hard course but i had prepared for the hills um especially for the downhills and i had done some uh eccentric weightlifting type things uh to, to get my legs toughened up for it so um i wasn't particularly sore after the trials. I mean, I was, I was sore, but um, I ran that next week and, and I was coaching and I was running with my athletes and even doing some speed workouts. So I wasn't too beat up, but the treadmill is definitely easier to recover from. Um, after that treadmill effort, uh, I mean, the next day I felt relatively normal. Um, it, it, I think it's a little bit less pounding. I think the treadmills are a little bit more forgiving um, and it, it may depend on the type you have, but um, but yeah, it's definitely easier. And I mean, it's complete, or I had it a little bit of a grade, but it's basically completely flat and there's no downhill. So it really saves your legs. Uh, and, and so, yeah, it's definitely a lot easier to recover from. Um, but I mean, I, I think I recover fairly well under in normal courses anyways. How dizzy were you when you stepped off the treadmill? <laughs> Lincoln and I have been talking about that a lot. I wasn't too I wasn't too dizzy. I guess I've gotten a little bit more used to running on the treadmill. Uh, the probably maybe two or three months ago now was the first time I really ran a longer distance on the treadmill, probably my entire life. I think I ran like 13 miles. And when I got off, I was like, what, like, what is happening? It, like you, you feel like you're like, um, and I think after just running on, on treadmills, because I had done a 50K on the treadmill uh, before my actual 50K, and then I'd run 37 miles on the treadmill. So I think oh, my brain kind of got used to the feeling <laughs> of it. So it, I, I, you still feel a little awkward, but I think I've adjusted. But uh, but yeah, the first time I ran like 13 miles on one, I, I like, you're like kind of, you just feel weird. Um, and it feels like you're just it feels like you're walking on those things in the airport, the like moving, uh, mm. gosh, I have no idea what those are called. Sidewalks, now that I think about moving it. sidewalks. Yeah, the moving sidewalks. It feels like you're on that. Um, but but now I've kind of gotten used to it and it still feels a little awkward, but it, after a few minutes, it's it's not too bad anymore. Well, 30, 37 miles is more than a few minutes. <laughs> well, you no, just no, casually drop it in 37 oh, yeah. miles there, Steve. You feel a little yeah, weird yeah. when you first get off, but then yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, I'm good. Whereas the first couple mm -hmm. times, I was like feeling weird for a while. 
was this always the plan for you when you were running in in college? Were you thinking, hey, when I'm done, I know that the ten thousand on the track or cross country isn't my bread and butter. Maybe even the marathon's not my bread and butter. Maybe I'm going to really excel at the longer stuff. Was this something that you came to naturally, or did you did you have it in the back of your head for a while now that you'd be good at the super long stuff? No, it definitely wasn't planned. Uh, I didn't even do the 10K in college. I did the, the 5K and the steeple. Um, I always wanted to run a 10K. It just it just never really worked out. I mean, you only have a few races to run, uh, you know, good 10Ks at. And, and I did the steeple. Um, so that was, you know, in, in those big invitationals, that's what I usually did. And it, it's really... It's really tough to do the the 10k 3k steeple double uh <laughs> even though i kind of wanted to it just never happened but um but yeah so it, it wasn't really planned i mean I, looking back i i excelled in long runs so i guess it would have been easy to make that connection i guess i just never did uh and then when i graduated um you know i was i was pretty much done running competitively there wasn't any I had no, it wasn't even in the back of my mind really like, oh, I'm going to be a professional marathon runner uh, or make the jump to the marathon. Um, that didn't happen for a little bit over a year later. Uh, and it just kind of, it just kind of happened because I wanted to do one for fun. And then I ran well and just kind of kept going with it. So there was no, there was no one moment when you thought, okay, this is for me. Or was it when you crossed the line at that first marathon that you thought you could have a future here? It was probably when I first started training for the marathon. Uh, so yeah, I, I hadn't really done much the year after I graduated. And then I decided I wanted to run a marathon and I started doing like around hundred mile weeks, uh, which I'd never really done before. And within about, I don't know, maybe six, seven weeks or so, I started doing some like pretty good long runs. Like I was running, I don't know, like between 510 to 520 pace for like, 16 miles or so and i remember like oh like that's pretty good and then i remember i did one run at i think it was at like 506 pace or somewhere around there for 16 miles um and this was like eight weeks maybe seven or eight weeks into marathon training and i was like <laughs> i think this is pretty good uh and so and then i was like okay i can definitely hit the olympic trials standard if i can if i can do that um, and I was just running in a real low-key marathon in Fresno, so I was I, I was kind of ex thinking, I was like, I'm given what other people have done, I'm probably in around like 215 shape, but since I'm just running on this course by myself pretty much, I'm not going to run 215, but maybe I can qualify for the trials. Um, and then I ended up running 217, um, yeah, running by myself from start to finish, so uh yeah, and then just kind of kept training with it because I just I really enjoyed the training, and then you know ever since then um, I've just loved the event. But why do you think you're good at it? Basically, <laughs> like wh why do you? Uh, let me let me phrase it a different way. You were a you were a solid, but obviously not a, a superstar at Arizona State, and now you've become one of the best marathoners in the country based on you know your times and what you did at the trials why have you gone from somebody who maybe wasn't at that level in the 5k in the steeple to all of a sudden now you're kind of one of the the us's bright new stars in this distance uh i, I mean i'm sure i have some physiological 
capabilities that that make me um you know more prone to the marathon uh you know when i look back in, in college i always did really well off of just a lot of aerobic training like I, I was always the guy that that would pr or come really close to pring uh the first meet of the season um and it wasn't like i was doing super hard training and doing things that would make you peak early i was just doing your normal you know summer base training uh you know some tempos and fart licks and long runs and stuff like that um but i'd run you know close to prs just doing that doing very little speed stuff you know just strides and you know whatever um and then we'd go up and we'd race in altitude at flagstaff uh and i always raced super well at flagstaff even though you know it's at seven thousand feet and i've my entire life i've always lived at sea level or in phoenix which is like you know thousand feet but um but yeah, I mean, I'd go up there and uh, run well, and I could run almost as fast at 7,000 feet as I could at sea level for some reason. So I guess my aerobic capabilities oh, wow. <laughs> were, were there. Yeah, I'd run like uh, like the first meet, like the lumberjack invite or whatever it was called. Um, it was like four and a half miles, and I remember running like about five-minute pace or just under, um, but then running 450 pace at sea level at the end of the season was hard. <laughs> so it was like why i mean it was like there's so little gap between what i could do at seven thousand feet versus uh you know at sea level three months later so it just it didn't really make sense but looking back i guess it was just um you know the aerobic challenges that you face at altitude i handled pretty well for some reason um so i'm, I'm guessing there's something that is uh, the same that makes me good at the marathon because it's such an aerobic event um, but yeah, I mean, in college, I wasn't thinking of it as being the marathon, but then I think there's a, there's a mindset aspect to it. I've always enjoyed just attacking long runs and in college I'd, I'd run my long runs hard. Um, I'd, I'd try to average, you know, like 5:30 pace or under for my long runs, my, my last couple years of college. Um, so I'd be running like eight, 18 to 20 mile long runs and, and trying to, you know, hold under 5:30 pace, which for someone running the times I was running, um, you know, I mean, I, I was decent in college, but I was probably doing a lot higher quality long runs than people that were much better than me were doing. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I just, it's a combination of just how my body's made and just, I enjoy the, the training of it and uh, attacking a long run isn't intimidating or scary to me. It, it's just fun. And I, I don't particularly like running for a long period of time slow. I, I kind of have to run it hard or it's just boring. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, and why have you embraced the more of the fringe side of distance running? I guess, you know, most other than like full-time ultra marathoners, I assume most people don't run marathoners don't run 50 K on the track or a marathon on a treadmill or a marathon indoors. What is it a, why not attitude for you? Or why exactly are you doing these things that other marathoners aren't? Yeah, I think it's definitely just one of those like why not type of things. Uh, the, the indoor marathon just kind of happened. I, I heard about it. Uh, my my sister in law would actually be like, "Oh, see, this is something something you would do." I'm like, "Yeah, this is something I'd do." And so I just contacted the race director and got signed up a few weeks before and just kind of did it. Uh, and it worked out. I won the race and, and set the record. Um, and then the 50k. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd done a 50. I'd done. I think I'd done an actual 50k on the track and training before. I, I can't really give you a good answer as to why. I just, just 
did it. You know, <laughs> I just wake up and I'm like, I think I want to like go to the track today. And so I do. And then I just kind of keep running until I'm tired and things like that happen. <laughs> so I don't know. I think it, it just, it keeps it interesting for me. Uh, just especially cause I'm training by myself. I think sometimes it can get boring and just doing traditional training. It just, it's just sometimes not that fun. Um, and I like to do things that are, that are challenging and that excite me. And, and the things that excite me are probably a lot different than the things that excite other people, but you know, everyone's, everyone's weird in their own way. Um, so yeah, that <laughs> I just kind of do what I like to do and it, and it happens to be these more kind of, fringe type things that that other people probably wouldn't find fun but i do so um yeah i mean i'll probably do more interesting odd things but they're just things i enjoy to do uh and and i like just yeah nothing really seems like it's scary like it, it all just seems like a fun challenge um mm. so that's what i like to do <laughs> do you see that continuing imagine the world where you go and you run 208 and maybe you get you know people want you to join a a, a club where you train with people and you have a traditional coach are we going to see you become the two marathon a year a couple half marathon a year um non-indoor marathon 50k treadmill person or are you are do you always is this part of who you are as a runner and and it's non-negotiable you're going to keep doing it uh, I mean, I, I can't, obviously I can't say for sure. I mean, you never know how things are gonna go, but I think uh, I think I can pretty confidently say I, I'm gonna continue to be like this um, for the foreseeable future. I, I don't think, to be honest, I I just don't think I would be very good um, in a traditional training type setting, uh, running you know mm. two marathons a year and some halves or whatever. Um, I mean, that, that's what I've done, you know, kind of my whole life. I mean, is, is traditional settings. I mean, through high school mm -hmm. and college, you know, you're, you're, you're with the team, you're training, you're doing just normal stuff that everyone else in the, in the country is doing. Um, and I was decent. It's not like I, I wasn't good. I just, I was just kind of a, an above average, you know, mediocre type guy. Um, and, and I liked it. It wasn't, I, I, I didn't, I enjoyed high school and college uh, for sure, but, um, but I, I, you know, after like nine years of that, I, I was kind of done with it. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. it just, so I think, and I think that I, I'm a person that needs balance. Like when I'm just all in into running and that's kind of all I have, it's, it's just hard. I just, I'm not good. <laughs> I just, you know, like in college when I was just, I just wanted to focus on running and, and I mean, I, I did school and stuff too, obviously, but uh, it just, I get, I, I'm super obsessive and I know that about myself and sometimes I get, I can get too into it. Um, and it, I'm just, I'm just not as good. So I think, uh, having a job, I'm, I'm a, I'm a coach and I teach at a community college. And I think that, um, that allows me to have some balance in life, uh, and allows me to, to focus on other things and, and stay engaged with the world and with people. Um, and, kind of get outside my myself a little bit um and i think it really helped my running i mean i once i started coaching even without training i became just a better runner i mean i ran even when i was coaching high school just just for a little bit i ran 1357 on the track 
running like a little less than 40 miles a week and not really doing any traditional training. I just hopped in a race um, and ran 1357 and closed in like a 56 or 57, which I could never do in college. And I was like, what the heck? Where did this come from? This is like the second <laughs> or third fastest I've ever ran in my life, almost PR'd. And I'm literally not doing anything. All I'm doing is like coaching. But it just it puts you in a different mindset that I think really helps me. Um, and so, yeah, I don't want to I don't want to lose that. And I, and I know that it makes me better. Um, and then also I'm married, so I can't really just drop everything and move to Colorado or whatever, uh, just because, mm-hmm. you know, then my wife has to leave her job and everything. And it just uh, and I wouldn't want to leave her to go train for a year. Um, I know some people do that. I just I, I, I just I need her. <laughs> I mean, I just I'm not I wouldn't be at my best um, by myself or you know, without her, I'm just not that type of person. When I look at your list of races, it almost, you're getting to the Yuki Kawuchi side of things a bit with the frequency. Now you're not racing in a panda suit. So you have that box to check off later on, but we would always talk about Yuki and we would say, Oh, imagine how much faster he would go. If instead of doing six marathons, you know, in, in these three months, if he just did one, but what you're saying is that's an asset for you. That's not a hindrance. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an asset. I mean, well, I'm not racing six times in like <laughs> sure, three sure. months or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, and, it, and it depends on the races you do. You know, like he's doing uh, – because I'll look at some of his stuff and, and he'll be doing like small, low-key marathons that, that are essentially just training runs. They're not – you know, he's not lining up at a Boston caliber type race, you know, six weeks in a row. Uh, so it's a little bit different. Like if you're running 217, 218, you know, a bunch of weeks in a row, um, you know, it's, they're just training runs really. But if you're trying to run sub 210 six times in two months, that's going to be a little bit different. So, uh, <laughs> which, you know, even, even I like, yeah, it's just, it's just different. So, um, so yeah, there, there's that. And I think that some people are just naturally a little bit better, uh, at recovering or they're just able to, to handle the higher mileage. So being able to put in those long runs, um, or those marathons, which for him are, are really just long runs, uh, it allows them to, to make the most of what they're good at, you know, it, cause I don't think he's, he's a guy that kind of like me, like he's probably not going to run 60 flat and a half, um, so he's, he's got to approach the marathon a little bit differently. There's a lot of anticipation building for this marathon project because there's really not in the U.S. been this type of a scenario where there's a bunch of U.S. athletes getting together with the goal of running fast. What do you know about the course? What do you know about the the pacing and, and what – I mean – most people don't like to put time goals out there for the public, but I mean, what, what do you think you're capable of on a fast course and given what's been, what the success that's been behind you recently? Yeah. So the course is, is definitely going to be uh, fast or at least in, in theory. Um, it's, it's basically all in like one square mile uh, and we basically make these like U's. The course map is is somewhere you can find it online at the Marathon Project. But you make we make these U's, um, 
And so it's basically where like you've been around, around in a U shape. And so each loop will be four miles and we have like six loops plus a little bit. Uh, and it's, it's pretty much all flat. There's not really any hills. Um, there's each loop will have, I guess, two 90 degree turns and then two roundabouts, uh, but the roundabouts are, are fairly um, gentle. They're not like sh super sharp hairpin turns. Uh, so, I mean, depending on the way that it's, you know, that it's measured, um, sometimes those, those turns can make you end up running a little bit longer than the actual courses, but that's gonna be every course. Um, so I don't know how much time that will add on because you have like two times six, so 12, you know, like 24 turns or whatever. Um, so I guess if you're like on the outside of the pack, you could be end up, end up running a little bit longer. But um, but overall, I mean, I think it's going to be about as fast as a course as you can get. Uh, and it's, it's flat, so you're not going to have any hills to slow you down. Uh, the weather um, should be pretty good. It looks like it'll be in the mid 40s, low wind, uh, fairly low humidity. So um, they're having it set up to be paced. Uh, that the top pace group will be at 209 flat. Um, hopefully for like 25 to 30k, they'll have some pacers. So yeah, I mean every every indication is that we're going there to run fast, and uh, there shouldn't be, you know, there shouldn't be any any reasons why we shouldn't run fast other than we're, we just physically don't run fast. So, um, so yeah, I'm excited and uh, hopefully everyone will be coming in being pretty fit and we can just kind of um, work together for the first half and then uh, beat each other down the second half. Do, do you have the ultra marathon in the back of your mind as, as a, as a potential thing? I mean, it's, it's a, seems like something that could be possible for you given what you're doing you're doing like the weird stuff that ultra marathoners do we just had a somebody attempt and fail to break the 100 mile uh, or no excuse me the 24 hour uh world record on the track is that do you see yourself getting really <laughs> niche with the distance running i mean oh yeah ultra marathon is a pretty broad category uh so th there's a few things i want to do um you know the 24-hour record that that's i i don't really have a lot of desire to do that uh any anytime soon um but i think i would do some things that i that i think could complement uh the marathon um there's not a whole lot of ultras that i think would would complement the marathon but i think there's a few so some that are in the back of my mind are uh comrades um in south africa that's that's a pretty pretty big one um, and it just seems really fun. I think it's uh, pretty much made for me, actually. <laughs> it's about 55 miles, which I think will end up, maybe could be one of my best distances. Um, and I really like downhills, so I wanna do it on a downhill year. Uh, I, I don't think I'm particularly great on the uphills, so I don't really have a desire to do it up year. But when it's on the down year, that's, uh, I love I love downhills. I love ripping down, um, and I I like uh, it, it. Gives you just another aspect that you can train for, because um, if you prepare well for the downhills, you can really use them to your advantage. Um, and if people don't prepare, they're they're gonna 
<laughs> you'd think the downhills would help you, but the downhills really destroy you uh, if you're not prepared for them. So, so I like that aspect of it. I think it makes it a lot more interesting. Um, so yeah, I, I, I want to do that race at some point, um, possibly even, even this year, they're making 2021 a downhill year because uh, they didn't have it last year. Uh, it's going to be the second week of June, I believe. And since there's not, I don't think there's really not going to be any major marathons until the fall. Um, so, I mean, it may be a good year to where I'm not really going to have to sacrifice anything from the marathon because there just simply won't be any races. Um, and so if that race is going to happen, it could be a, a good year for me to do it. Um, and I think because, because of the downhill, I'm going to do, I do a lot of like speed work for it actually, and just kind of do a lot of ripping downhill. So I, I'd gain some coordination and some speed. Um, to where I think it could actually enhance the marathon versus if I'm training for like a hundred mile race, I'm kind of just jogging around slow at like 6:45, seven minute pace. And it's like, that's not help. That's, you know, you're, you're getting so far away from the marathon. You're, you're probably getting worse. Um, and I don't, I don't want to sacrifice any, anything in the marathon, but for comrades, I'd like to go there and run under 550 pace um, and really run quick on the downhills. So, I'd still be within range to, you know, to come back and run, you know, 208 or whatever in the marathon in the fall. But so, yeah, those are things in the back of my mind. The 100K world record maybe in the, in a few years or, or after 2024. Um, yeah, I mean. It sounds you know. like, so it sounds like the marathon is is as low as you'll go. It's kind of funny listening to you talk about it. It's, it's as if a 10K runner is talking about doing a 1500 in in the conference meet or something just to score some team points do you think that's going to help you on the starting line of these marathons not just marathon project but then moving forward because most people that's the longest distance that they're racing the 99 percent of them that's it that's the pinnacle yeah they've, they've trained farther than it than 26 miles but they haven't been doing 50 mile or 50k or 100k efforts do you, do you think there's a mental part of the marathon that you're unlocking by making it not your farthest distance yeah, I mean, I think it, it definitely, um, I feel comfortable in the later stages of a marathon, uh, you know, between, usually for a lot of people, there, there's some uncertainty between like miles 18 to 26. Um, and I mean, there still is for me, there's always going to be, you know, it, it, no matter how, how good a shape you're in or what you've done, it, it's still good. Those last, that last 10K is still going to be a little bit of a mystery in a way. Uh, but I think I have there's a lot less wiggle room for me and I, I kind of know what I'm going to do. Um, whereas other people, it's like, who knows, you get to mile 23 and <laughs> you're walking it in or, or you know, yeah. so, um, so that definitely gives me uh, confidence. You know, and that kind of showed in the Olympic trials. Uh, I was in around like mile 20 or so. I think I was in like 18th to 20th place. Um, and I really didn't do anything special over the last six miles. I just stayed consistent. Um, and it just became like another long run, just like I had done pretty much every single week. Um, and I was just able to just, you know, kind of consistently run through that last 10K um, and run my way in the seventh. Um, and so I think like that just allows me to be consistent in the marathon. Um, but there's still, you know, I mean, there's still like the the speed aspect of the marathon is, is the, that's more nervous, makes me more nervous, I guess, which sounds mm -hmm. crazy. 
because uh, you don't typically think of like the speed being the limiting factor. But when I look at, you know, this weekend, you know, I'm watching Valencia and first of all, people are running ridiculous in the half marathon. And you got to think that if people are running 57s in the half, I mean, they're going to be running and the, they're going to run the marathon at some point. And it's like, you know, they just had that speed. And then watch, I don't know how many guys broke 206. I think it was like 11 or 12 or we're right around there. So it's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta be able to run 448 pace to really be like remotely relevant at all, even in the back half of the elite pack. So, uh, and right now that speed seems intimidating. I mean, to be honest a little bit. (laughs) So, uh, but the distance, I'm not, it doesn't worry me at all, but the, just the speed aspect, even running mile repeats at like 445 is like kind of uncomfortable. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, there's some things I want to do to, to kind of build on the speed. Um, but you know, I, I mean, at some point you just, it's like, sometimes you just don't, I, I don't know. I mean, there's lim- there's just a lot more limitations that come with the speed versus, you know, in the ultra events, I don't really see why there should be a lot of limiting factors for me personally. What are your thoughts in terms of, you've been doing all these long races. People have been saying that the recovery process is, is better because of the, the shoe technology. Have you experienced that yourself? Uh, I mean, well, it's, it's hard because I, I've only been marathon running for, for two years. So it's like, well, yeah, my recovery has improved, but also it's like, I, if you do anything for a while, you you should get more used to it. Um, (laughs) I mean, the first time you run a marathon or the first time you do anything that you've never done before, you're probably going to be hurting a lot after. And then after you do it a bunch of times, you know, you're fine. I mean, the first time you guys ever ran like 10 miles, I'm sure you felt pretty tired the next day, but, well, I don't know about now, but, you know, but, but when you're in your prime and you're running 10 miles, you a know, it's like, whatever, I ran you're looking for a decade ago. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think, I think they definitely uh, do help or they do give you, there's definitely more cushion um, and more um, energy absorption, I guess. So it, it definitely, you can definitely feel a difference. Like when I'm running like 30 miles, in, in these shoes versus when I did it in just traditional flats, uh, it's, it's a lot, your feet don't hurt. Uh, and it's, it, yeah, it's a little bit easier to bounce back from. Um, but I mean, even with traditional flats, I did, so I did a, um, a marathon and then the next week, so I did a, mar- I ran 216 in the marathon, which was a PR at the time. And then I ran the Sacktown 10 miler I don't remember what I ran, but I was third, I think. And then I ran the indoor marathon the next week. So I did three races in two weeks. Two of them were marathons. One was a 10-mile race. And that was all just with, you know, traditional racing flats. Um, And I was, gosh, six months into being a marathoner at the time. Um, And, I, you know, I handled it all right. Um, but yeah, but now it's like with the shoes, it's, it's even, it's even better. I can do even more things. So I don't know. It's hard to say, but they help so at least. It doesn't, 
it it doesn't sound like you're of the position that carbon technology is ruining road racing. Am I correct in that? <laughs> well, I mean, even if it was like, even if it was definitively proven that you could run 20 more miles a week uh, with the same amount of fatigue factor on your legs, I wouldn't say that it's ruining it. I think the only, the only reason that, you know, it, it is a negative thing is if you're one of the people trying to compare times uh, from whatever, you know, comparing times between eras. And I know like I just broke the 50K world record. So it's like, I can't really talk about times, but whatever. I'm not even claiming like the guy that I'll be honest, like the, the guy's record I broke, his performance, like in all, his performance was so much more impressive than mine by, I mean, it would not, not even in the same category. Um, I mean, he ran, he ran in the, uh, two oceans, I think it's called. Anyway, so there's about a 35 mile race. There's some decent climbs. Um, and he did it in like, I think the early eighties or late seventies. Um, so that was like his 50 K split time in that race. And, you know, I did it on a track with good shoes and perfect pacing and no hills. So, so it's not even remotely the same, but whatever, the record was there and I had nothing else to do. So I took it. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to say like, I, my performance was better or I'm, you know, I could have dusted him in that race. You know, it's like, like, that's just, a, it's, yeah. I mean, it's pretty reasonable to say that they're not even remotely comparable performances, but, <clears throat> but I, I just look at it as you're racing right now. So like right now I'm racing against guys that have the same shoe technology. You know, we all have the same thing. If it allows us to train more, then that's great. Like, why, why is that a bad thing? Like, you know, if we don't want to train more then like, don't sleep, like, don't eat any food, <laughs> you know, don't like, don't go get a massage, take away foam rollers. Like everything we do is to enhance performance, uh, and allow us to train more and achieve higher things. Um, obviously we have some limits within that, you know, I mean, there's, there's drugs that, you know, we don't, well, we shouldn't take, and there's, there's going to be, there should be limits with, with technology, but, um, but yeah, I mean, if you can train more, then I, I'm all for that. Cause it just, uh, it, it makes it more I exciting to me. Um, and it doesn't make it, yeah, it, it's just, it's just better. I, and I think it makes it, uh, it put, the more that's available, I think put, makes it in ways more fair in a sense uh people like to talk about like the spirit of sport and whatever and it's like people like seem to have this idea of just like they just want things to be like natural but it's like how is that fair because the, the less technology you have and the less training and uh um recovery techniques and all this stuff that you have then it's kind of just up to whoever was born with better genetics and you can say yeah well people work harder I think that's kind of arrogant to say like, oh, he just works so much harder, so he's better. It's like pretty much most top athletes work, work equally as hard. I mean, maybe it's in a different way, but they all work hard. So if you just want it to be completely natural, we all run barefoot and have just, we just go out and run. Then it's like, well, whoever was born with 
the best genetics is going to win. Like, how is that fair? Like, how is that even fun? I think when you combine nutrition, technology, shoes, training methods, new technology, new things coming out, new research about what supplements to take, all this stuff, it just makes it, there's so much more into it and you have to have knowledgeable people around you. And it just makes it more, um, you know, attainable for, for people to, to find ways to get the most out of themselves. What Rather than in the 50s, it was like, you just went out and ran. And if you happen to be genetically the best, you're probably going to win. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's my perspective. I The more factors involved, I think the better because it, it makes it more interesting. And, uh, and I'm into research. So the more things out there, uh, I feel like I will benefit from because I'm going to try to figure out how to use that, you know, to, to my advantage um, versus if we had no information, it's like, well, how good could I be? I mean, you just kind of, again, it's just genetics and that's only so fun. <laughs> so it sounds like, you know, if we think back to the trials, people were documenting, well, who's in Nike shoes and who's not? Because everyone's thinking was, oh, I mean, you're not going to agree to this because you're a Brooks athlete. You can't say that your shoe's inferior, <laughs> but people were saying, oh, it's, you know, this many Nike people in the top 10. So if you, for you, you were in a Brooks shoe, so you finished better than a lot of Nike people. So your performance was somehow even more extraordinary. Were you like counting all of the Nike people in front of you and saying like, wow, you know, I, I finished pretty good relative to them, even though I didn't have the shoe. No. Uh, okay. I think, <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, well, and, and, and even, even if, you know, even if a certain shoe is better, it's like, well, that's, that's, that's part of the sport. Like, you know, people can complain about whatever, um, but that's life. I mean, what, what, like, that's just how life is. You, you have, it's, there's always multiple factors and who you're around, uh, the resources that you either have or choose to seek, you know, to go after or, or, or the people that you're with uh, or that are behind you or that support you, they affect your life. Like, like nothing's just like people, you know, sometimes in interviews, people say like, I, I did this and whatever. And it's like, well, you're, you're also just a product of like your whole environment. And like, we kind of like the rags to riches story where people are like self-made, but I don't really, I mean, it, it's somewhat true to an extent, but like they had someone that helped make them great. And so I think the same is, is with, shoes or whatever it's like if someone has better shoes then like find someone to work with that can make equally good as shoes because that's how life is like you know if, if and it's you can say it's unfair like you know some people are born without great parents um and so they're at a disadvantage and that that sucks like it like it, it does um but then it's like well when you become a parent like you better be a good parent because it matters and like, that's how life is. Like, you got to be a good friend because you're putting, if you're not a good friend, you're putting your friend at a disadvantage if, if against other people that have good friends. Um, and so I think it just having that mentality kind of puts it back on you to like, okay, I got to be a good person and help people because if I don't, um, I'm putting them at a disadvantage. And so, uh, yeah, that's kind of a roundabout way to look at shoes, but yeah, if anyone makes something that's better than what I currently have, it's like, 
I mean, good for them. I need to, to, to get with the people I'm with and we need to do better. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, it, it kind of frustrates me when people get upset about other things. It's like, like, do you live in the world? That's how everything is. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's I, get interesting. It. I, get I get where they're coming from, but it's like, it's just, it's just how it is, you know? And, mm -hmm. And but and they did put you know they did put I think the regulations were good and there needed to be some sort of like rules with it, uh, so you know that that was good, um, you know and I, and I think they did that in a fairly timely fashion so I'm not complaining. One more here before we let you go, CJ. We've talked about your three big performances: the indoor marathon, the 50k, and the treadmill. It's very rare that someone's done all three. So you can offer some expertise here. What from most fun to least fun, can you rank them for me? Cause I could see pros and cons for all of them. So indoor, obviously you're on a 200 meter track. That's tough. The 50 K you're on a track the entire time and you're running 50 K treadmill. I think it goes without saying you're on a treadmill <laughs> for 26.2 miles. So uh, most to least fun, those three. I mean, to be honest, they're almost all exactly the same. <laughs> I mean, you're running for, you're running for like two hours and 20 minutes to two hours and 40 minutes at about the same intensity. <laughs> so the, the, for me, the environment that you're running in, uh, doesn't really matter. It's your, it, it's, I mean, my perceived effort, no matter what environment I'm at, is roughly the same. I think the treadmills, well, the treadmill, if I'm doing them solo, the treadmill's easier because I have the treadmill to, to do the mm -hmm. pace work for me. But then when I'm in a race, I have uh, other people to kind of pace with. So then it's also easy. So um, <laughs> it's simple. They're really, it's really simple. They're really the same. Yeah, they're, they're, it's really almost the exact same thing. I mean, when you look at a 50K or a marathon, a track or treadmill, you're running the same rhythm the entire time. I mean, the track is completely flat. I mean, the indoor track, there's some banks, I guess, but I mean, it's the same. So it's really the almost the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Now, on the indoor man. marathon, no, it's fine. I wanted you to be honest. You were honest. Did you go halfway and then turn around and go the other direction in the indoor marathon so your left ankle didn't get swollen <laughs> yeah we, yeah we started uh the opposite way of a track and then at an hour we flipped and went finished okay. the normal way. but for my 50k i just did it all in one direction um because i i, I didn't really like the whole turning around thing <laughs> it's weird Waste to go too much right. time yeah it's weird to go it right. is, it is it is weird yeah you, you get used to it though, um, but it's weird at first. But then when you flip around, like when we flipped around in the indoor for like a good mile, it's kind of like the treadmill. When you get off the treadmill, you're like, what the heck? Like I can't even walk. That's how it was on the, <laughs> when you flipped, I was like, what? How do I, how do I turn? Uh, and, then, and then it's fine, but yeah, it was weird at first. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on, uh, CJ. We sure do appreciate it. We also appreciate you running all these races because it's given us stuff to talk about in the not-so-busy time of 2020 in track and field. Best of luck at the, the Marathon Project in, in a couple weeks. All right. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me.